ladies and gentlemen, and everything in between. Welcome back to the season finale of This Podcast Is In Your Mind with Woo! Sam. And Mitch. We didn't know it's we were us. doing seasons. Yeah, oh my god, seasons? Wait, how many episodes do we even have? Uh, Several. Including the media talk, we had 11. Oh, that's a good amount of seasons. I mean, now we're on. Eight. Now we're on chapter 11, bankruptcy. <laughs> oh, damn, wait, we, we have to get a profit. Wait, we who's, okay, who, who's, who are we talking to? Oh, good point. Okay, so today we have two guests. If you couldn't tell by one of them talking. Hi, I'm... It's Carly. <laughs> Carly's always on here. She's our wonderful yeah. editor. Thank yeah, you. Go sorry. ahead, Jill. I keep on stepping on you. No, I, I think we just speak at the same time. Uh, me, and Car- me and Carly are on the same wavelength. Um, Mind meld. I- Mind meld. <laughs> I'm Jillian Rode. I am a comic artist and friend of the show. And today I will be bringing all comics. Oops, all comics. Oops, all comics. Oops, all comics. So Okay, Carly. Car- are we... Yeah, uh, okay. I-, I introduced Carly. Carly needs no introduction. Yeah. yeah, good point. Okay, so... I could probably, like, um, put air horns right here. <laughs> I got married to the John Cena theme. Oh, God, you oh, didn't yeah, see the video did. on Twitter? Um, so... No, no, I did, I did, I did. Okay, continue. <laughs> I won't. So let's start immediately... We, so happy this Pride Month. Epi- yeah, it's, it's Pride Month if you didn't know. <laughs> it's Pride Month. We get one month as gays. One to, whole month. To be one gay month and then we're, as a treat. As, 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 the gays could get a month as a treat. It's, it's our month. It's our month. We don't get any others, but we do get some spare days throughout the year, if they allow it. And then we also get mega corporations putting rainbows in their Twitter... I haven't noticed that all that much this this year, but that's probably because of uh, you know 2020 being a thing. <laughs> uh, what what's the McElroy's new 2020? Uh, 20, oh, 20 funny? No, 20 honey. Get get down to business. They rebranded the oh, year. They did. Yeah. The year's so bad. Huh. I haven't been listening to the McElroy's in a bit. I guess I've missed that. <laughs> um. Okay. So. Pride so, Month, we're doing that, and today we're going to be talking about queer media because, uh, of course, we are. What, what else do we talk about? Uh, like what, politics? What else are we no, Garfield. Okay. We talked about Garfield once. Let's do it again. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do maybe the some other time. Again. Some other time, okay? Uh, queer stuff. So, um, before we start, we should all we should acknowledge that. Uh, Pride was was a right, and that it was started by um, uh, trans people of color. Amen. Because white people can't do anything. Well, I mean, Sam, as a bunch you, of white people, you're a white. I know. All we're good for is colonizing. <laughs> you're in a mood. Yeah, she is. Uh, okay, let's just start with what we're gonna be talking about. Jill, let's take it we're over to you. We're gonna give the floor to Jill, who is yes. our CEO of Loving Women. Yeah, I I'm so good at loving women. That's why I don't have a girlfriend. Um, <laughs> uh, oh 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 for the uh, <laughs> list. Turned off her video for, in our Discord chat. Okay, for the I. Don't want, I, I 
For the listeners, uh, Carly was knitting for a hot second. I still am. That's true. Wonderful. Um, so, Jill, how do you read about loving women? How yeah. do women love in book? I, I women love in book form all the time. All these recommendations are going to be um, sapphic in some form. Um, you know, it may have, it may have some gay men, it may have some trans people. It's all sapphic all the way, baby. It's all sapphic. Um, because I am that, and I like to read stories about me. Um, (laughs) so I just want to get into it. Um, legally, I must mention Sailor Moon and Harley Quinn. Um, Sailor Moon has, uh, Uranus and Neptune, you know, like, they are in love. They are soulmates. They are, like, the other pairing besides um, Sailor Moon and Tuxedo Mask. You know, those are the two big pairings. Um, And then Harley Quinn, she is a canonically bi woman who is uh, currently dating Poison Ivy in almost every run now, including animated shows. Can 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 we get a clap? Can I get a pog in the chat for... Uh, That's poggers. It is so poggers. Um, it's very poggers. But every, everybody... What does that mean? Every, everybody knows about know. them. Let's go, let's go deeper. Let's go further. I'm hacking into the mainframe of being sapphic. Um, You're in. So first off, I want to mention DC Bombshells, which is a wonderful reimagining of the DC heroines and villains as World War II fighters. And it has so many gay characters, and it, the art is really beautiful. Like uh, Sam said earlier, um, it I just really love, I I love it so much, and it's really good for people who aren't involved in like DC comics in general because, it it's very focused on um, on being like separate and distinct, so you don't have to be reading a bunch of different runs at the same time. Yeah. Um, um, I'm I'm just really fond of pinup style art, so I love like the the costumes that the characters are in. Mm-hmm. They have some great costume designs. I have a, a statue of Bombshell's Harley Quinn next to me, and she is probably my most beautiful statue. Um, <laughs> and next up is a super wholesome, sweet. It's like like all of these are like sapphic cakes. This is sapphic caramel. It's just pure sugar. Um, and it is this story of two lesbians who spend their entire lives passing each other by. It's called Bingo Love. Um, and it is just so nice. It is so nice. And everything works out, and it's great. Um, I, I recommend it. It's a very easy read. Um... Uh, another easy read, but uh, has a bit more storyline than Bingo Love, is uh, Gem and the Holograms, uh, the IDW comics. Uh, recently, they were released. I think within the last like five years, um, it's a modern retelling of the Gem storyline. Did that did that mess up my audio? No, I. I didn't no. anything. My mom came up here and yelled, Hi, puppy. <laughs> okay. Okay, one, two, three, back. It, it's a modern retelling of the gem storyline, but it's a lot more, like, like queer. Um, and it's very campy, and it takes a lot 
it takes itself a lot less seriously. Um, and uh, then I have another recommendation, which is My Lesbian Experience with Loneliness. And it's an autobiographical comic about one lesbian's experience with discovering her sexuality and dealing with all the issues that come with it. And it goes very deep into the, like the ugly sides of like depression and anxiety and dealing with homophobia. So I would definitely recommend looking up the trigger warnings if you have like any, any really harsh triggers, but it's such a great read. So I would recommend it for most people. And next up is Revolutionary Girl Utena. Um, like if you've seen an animated lesbian or if you've seen animation made by queer people within the last like 20 years, you have probably seen a Nutena reference. Um, it is a 90s anime that deals with the topics of like love and honor and art. Um, I recommend it so highly, but read the content warnings beforehand. It can be really harsh. Um, Don't watch the movie. Don't watch the movie. Utena turns into a car. Why is she turned into a car? When you had t- uh, when you had we'll texted me, know. I hate the movie, and I go why, and you go Utena turns into a fucking car. I I don't get why they made the executive decision that Utena is a car now. I mean, Transformers are <laughs> ciao happening. You know what lesbians love? Transformers. It's true. Utena trans representation? <laughs> oh my god. Um, but yeah, those are those are my uh my small my small wonders. Can we can we legally say that? I don't know. I don't did Griffin and Rachel like uh copyright that? I don't think they copyrighted um, the word small wonders. Who knows? Uh alright, well, if we're infringing copyright, I'll pay for legal damages. <laughs> okay. I doubt Griffin McElroy will ever listen to this, but... Don't crush my dreams, Mitch. <laughs> I'm sorry! Um, but yeah, those are my small wonders. Very cool. Would, do, should we just go through, like, our small little oh, ones? We, yeah, we can yeah, go through our small ones. That. Um. Okay, who, who wants... Uh, Midge, you can go next, because Carly, you... do you have any... I'll go for... I have a gigantic list. <laughs> I'll go quick. Okay. Take your time. It's no big deal. So, I have a bunch. So, first, I'll start with The Adventure Zone, with its various queer characters, including Gay Man Taco, Trans Woman Loop, Bisexual Aubrey, and Non-Binary Hollis. Uh, and I'm not ignoring the pedal to the middle ending, but Griffin fixed it in the balance finale, so after he took con- constructive criticism, and we love that. Um, and then Bojack Horseman, which I actually have never watched in You my need life, to. Has an asexual... I know. It, uh, it has an asexual character named Todd Chavez, who, according to Wikipedia, eventually has a partner named Maude, who's also asexual. So nice. And uh, in an episode, he apparently goes to, like, an asexual, like, group meeting, which is very cool. As in, uh, as, um, like, a Bojack Horseman insight, uh, he also, like, creates a dating app for asexuals, which is... Oh my god, I'd love it's that. It's so sweet because he's the only one on it for months. Oh no! Oh, that sucks. I'm gonna skip. I have something else written here, but I'm gonna skip it for Sam's best. <laughs> 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 so um, uh, next I have to mention My Hero Academia. 
I will never forgive Horikoshi from Maknae, who's a trans woman who was killed off, and her design is absolutely atrocious. But I will give him Tiger, a trans man, and Toga, who is bi slash pan. We don't exactly know. And then there's actual Jughead Jones from the RG comics, and not the Riverdale version. Jughead's canonically asexual in the comics, and Riverdale's version is not. Um, and then <laughs> this happened this morning. I was like, how the fuck could I forget Nico? Nico from Percy Jackson and Heroes Olympus and Alex Fierro from Magnus Chase and the Gods of Asgard. Uh, So Nico is the gay son of Hades and Alex is the gender fluid child of Loki. Plus there's Will Solis who's Nico's boyfriend. So men love men at least. Rick Riordan really said, I will give the gays what they want. And I love him for that. I I really want to be the gay daughter of Hades. Oh yeah, I love Nico. He's great. And, oh, I should mention this, Will's the son of Apollo, so it's literally the god of, like, darkness and death, and the son of, and the son of the god of, like, light, so that's very that's cool. very good. Yeah, I love them. They don't, they don't get together until, like, the second series, but they're great. Um, those are my small wonders. Carly, do you have any small wonders? Yep. <laughs> oh, it's my turn? Okay, cool. Um, yes. Just something I, f- I found out a while ago. Um, so this film series is called The Matrix. Um, I found <laughs> oh, out. That, oh yeah, yeah. I found out that the directors are both trans women. Yes, sir. And yeah. the original Matrix was like a subtle trans metaphor, mm-hmm. but they had to tone it down because obviously the studios wouldn't want it. And that there's works. a character named uh, I think it's Switch who's like gender nonconforming, but obviously oh, fuck yeah. they had to make it very obvious what the gender they, like, the studio wanted was. Yeah. But, um, some of mine are, um, Soul Eater, which I rediscovered after years of not, like, really watching anime, had a non-binary character named Krona. And it was difficult for, like, Krona to be put into, like, words, because this was the 2000s, it was before, like, pronouns such as they, them, were commonly used, and they couldn't really decide because they didn't want to give Krona pronouns like it. That would be yeah. disrespectful to a character who has such development. Like, spoilers if you haven't watched uh, Soul Eater. You really should. Yes, you should. <laughs> I, um, I actually hated it when I first watched it. Oh, you Okay, did. that's valid. That's valid. Yeah, it, yeah. I have to rewatch. I haven't watched it in years. Same here. Krona is the adopted son of one of the villains, Medusa. Well, adopted child, I should say. The anime gives him, he and he, gives them, he and him pronouns. And he's under a very abusive relationship. His sword, like, their sword, Ragnarok, is very abusive and it's reflective of, his, of their upbringing. And... Throughout the series, there's a redemption arc for Krona that gives them the opportunity to A, fight their mom, and B, have their own life. And what I really like is the fact that they use gender-neutral clothing for for them. Like, Krona's presented with a long black robe when you first meet them, but during, like, episodes where there's, like, formal wear... They're wearing a button-down shirt and pants, which I thought was a very nice touch. Um, one other thing I wanted to talk about was what we do in the shadows, which is something 
not the t not the movie but the tv show i love them both but i noticed in literally the pilot episode one of the characters was pan where they had something where it was like this evil vampire lord who's portrayed by the same guy who did um the creature in the shape of water and is also in pretty much every single guillermo del toro movie his name is uh, doug jones i love him um like literally off the gate there's like a thing where it's like where maja one of the vampires talks about how she was in love with this demon guy and they had a very passionate relationship and then her partner whose name escapes me right now and i hate myself for forgetting it does the same story and it's hilarious but at the same time you soon realize that the character is pan and most of the cast is pan because you know what vampires live for thousands of years there's plenty of time to to explore your gender identity and your sexual orientation i vampires and... belong belong exclusively to the gays Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I, I really and hope plus, me and Midge are mind melding, and she could feel my smile oh, about I talking can. about vampires. <laughs> yeah, and plus, like their pansexuality and their like openness when it comes to talking about relationships and their sexuality shows that you know it's not the times that they were born in because they were all from different ages. Like one of them was from literally. Um, the middle ages like the ottoman empire it shows that it's not the times that carry this kind of belief but it's the people who do and my last um my last thing is uh the good place which i talk a lot about yeah first and foremost um the lead's bisexual and it's not like they don't outright say it but there's little things like um she calls one of the characters a sexy giraffe, busty Alexa, to name a couple things. And one of the other characters, uh, Tahani, is implied to be bi because during different segments of the show, spoiler warning, if you haven't listened to a skip ahead, there's a scene where they show like different people they're partnered up with throughout like a couple seasons where it's like they cycle through guys and then all of a sudden Tahani shows up in the doorway and then they continue on, like, they don't say anything about it. Um, one of the characters, Janet, who's this all-powerful, all-knowing being who's Darcy Caden, and also is an extremely well-made character, by the way, straight up says whenever, um, one of the characters, Jason, is like, I love you, girl, uh, Janet immediately says, not a girl. And it's great because, obviously, all-knowing beings don't need to have genitalia. Um, very true. And plus, a lot of the demon genders aren't, like, focused on specific specifics. They're just, like, in skin suits. So they don't mm. really give a shit. And, uh, gender's fluid for Janet. Gender's not really determined by genitalia for her. She literally has no genitalia. And when um, her and another character, Jason, have their quote-unquote honeymoon, they don't know what's going on. So they just, um, try to figure out what's going on. Um, that's my, uh, good things that I like, and, uh, yeah. Go ahead. Alright. Sam, do, do your I'm gonna do my wonders. little small wonders. So, I, I cannot talk about queer media without talking about the big two of the animation game. Of course. <laughs> which is She-Ra and Steven Universe. What about Adventure Time, though? The Adventure Time, oh, too. Boy. I didn't, I didn't watch Adventure Time. I'll probably get, I like, did. crucified. The thing with it, I loved Adventure Time growing up. 
the thing with Adventure Time is that, like, um, Bubbleen, which is Marceline and Princess Bubblegum, was, like, a, it was, like, really, really endgame. And uh, yeah. also, like, apparently uh, a storyboarder actually had the idea. It wasn't even written. It was just written that they would they would embrace. And the storyboarder, like, ah. actually drew it out that they kissed. So uh, I would say that storyboarder is probably a better rep. Um, that is true. It, it's it's like the it's the Legend of Korra kind of representation. Ah, yeah. Yeah. So I I mean I just had to mention that though I prefer Shira more so because I I like slow burns and I liked the spoiler alert, uh, slow burn between Catra and Adora. Yeah, we know so. you love you love villains. Shut yeah. shut the up. Wait, who's Di- Wait, you mean my brother? What? My brother's name is Dylan, and he's a child. No, no, no. She no, said no, villain. No, no, no. She said villains. Oh, okay. I got very concerned there. Yeah. That would have been horrific. No, Sam. That would have been terrible. No, Sam's Sam's favorite type of character is villains. She loves. Villains. Listen, we know I have issues. Listen, listen, go keep going with the small wonders. Um. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, I want to mention Carol on Tuesday, which I recently just finished. Yep, and I started. You started. And I'm in the middle. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I'm in the middle, too. It's much. not great representation. Very true. Um, I just really liked the character... Uh, oh, my... Desmond, Desmond right? Who is voiced by uh, Patrick Seitz, who also voices... A lot of my favorite characters, which I'll bring up in a minute. Yeah, I shall bring up one in a um, minute. It does have minor lesbian uh, representation, or just sapphic representation. Yes. And then there's it, there's Desmond, and there's another character who is non-binary slash intersex, but it's like, depending on whether you watch the sub or the dub, they kind of interchange the words. So oh, that's weird. It's, uh, yes, I, I read an article about it last night when I finished up. Um, uh, it, it was a sci-fi article. I literally just sent it to you, Sam. I'll just pull it up real yeah. quick. Um, so it's uh, a sci-fi article by, if it'll goddamn load, it's uh, by Laura Dale. So pretty much uh, uh, Carolyn Tuesday has had some contradictory, like, using contradictory pronouns for a lot of their characters. Like, for say, for instance, uh, what you, who you're just talking about was Sybil. Uh, Sybil. Sybil, who was, yeah, presented as a cisgender, like, uh, gay woman in the dub, but uh, in the sub, apparently, uh, they use they, them pronouns, but everyone refers to Sybil with uh, she, her pronouns. And then there's also the Mermaid Sisters, who um, are meant to, or the author uh, guesses that they're meant to be a portrayal of drag queens or attempt of presenting non-binary people, but these uh, the mermaid sisters who, um, after they lose the competition, begin to attack the judges, which isn't exactly uh, great representation if it's uh, showing someone who doesn't neatly fit the cis het binary that they're prone to physical violence at the drop of a hat. Um, and then you were talk- talking about Desmond, 
who um, in the English job they are uh, presented as not having a gender, but the subtitles describe Desmond as being intersex, and then the dub refers to them as non-binary. It's um, it's uh, switching around, which isn't the best sort of thing. I, I think that a lot of it may um, just be like transition yeah. error. But it's like a Netflix original series. It's not an. It's not a different. Or it's not like they took it from somewhere else. It's a Netflix original series. I wonder. It'd be weird if they didn't. Netflix is usually pretty good with their translation. I, I wonder why then. That's weird. Yeah, it's just. Uh, it, it's weird. Like it's not great representation, but. It's. Something. It's something. It's something. Certainly um, a show. It's a show. I really enjoyed it. It's a great. Sh- it's a great show. Uh, th- there's there's great uh, POC representation in that show. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, I. Ah. If you want some good serotonin, and watch Carol on Tuesday. It's a really good show. Mhm. Yep. Um. Now, people will argue m- with me on this. Dio so Brando on. from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is canonically bisexual, so I have to stand my by king. He is. Uh, he's a villain, though. But he's sexy. She really loves him. <laughs> my my issue with that is is that is that whenever they want to make a token representation, they always make it the villain. Well, okay, hold on. There's other people who are well. Uh, Wait, if you were gonna say Poochie, I'm like Poochie's a villain. I was not gonna say. I'm not gonna say Poochie. I was gonna. Say, I was legitimately gonna say Anasui. Uh, Anasui in part six, who was first presented as female, and then he was changed to male after the show, after Shonen Jump said no lesbians, which was terrible of them. And then there's Foo Fighters, who is referred to, who is, um, spoilers for part six of JoJo, is a bunch of plankton in a human body. So, um, at least on the wiki, they're referred to by they, them pronouns. So, in a sense, they're non-binary. No, they're uh, a collective. <laughs> Yeah, I know. We're not going to talk also, about Sorbet and Gelato. Let me. Uh, we're not going to talk about Sorbet and Gelato, or, no. Or Tizano and Squalo. Yeah. Okay, Naranja shoots Pride two Month. gay men in the street. It's still, it's still Pride Month. Let's not get negative. <laughs> yep. Okay. But uh, Dio Brando's sexy, so that excuse all of his villainous actions. <laughs> oh, does it? it? He's a rapist, though. No, um, well, not, um, uh, it's, uh, well, there's no technical evidence for that. Dude, they, he made out b- with a woman without consent. That's sexual Oh, Irina. Oh, that's what you meant. Um, mm-hmm. he, yeah. he did kill women after having sex with them, but. He, he did. <laughs> He's sexy, so I excuse it. Haha, <laughs> I have up, taken down your up. icon. Now you're you're gonna get angry at me. Are you talking about my Instagram icon? No, no Sam. She meant Dio. <laughs> yeah. Cause my Instagram icon is Dio. It is. Oh, it I is. thought it was you. No. Um. Okay. No, it's it's Dio. I, I want to circle you back. You thought to- it was okay. Sam, but it was actually Dio. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna stab myself with uh, this um, whatchamacallit, this uh, nail file Mitch, should, should we count this towards our ever increasing tally mark of how many times we're gonna go off topic about Jojo? 
Oh god, I didn't keep that. I'll, I guess I'll revitalize that. I just, note. I just forgot okay. something. It's kind of important. Yeah. Um. Oh no, one of my orchids just died. Um. Like I forgot to mention my small wonders. Uh, this character in the uh, 2016 Ghostbusters. Uh, I've mentioned it before, oh, yeah. but um, Kate McKinnon's character, uh, Jillian Holtzman, in the 2016 Ghostbusters was kind of the moment I realized I was gay. Um. <laughs> It was because, like, obviously, like, you have this character who's not really given a lot of attention. She's not, she's not, um, what's, what's their names, uh, Melissa McCarthy or Kristen Wiig. She's Kate McKinnon. And she, it wasn't very well known who she was because she was on Saturday Night Live, but she wasn't very well known until the 2016 election. But here she is as a gay character. Her sexuality is not stated outright because they wanted to sell the movies internationally. And... There's little hints that she has a crush on Kristen Wiig's character, and she does all these little things. It's implied that she might be on the spectrum. There's little things that just made me smile, but the one thing that made me realize, oh shit, I'm gay, was the moment where um, it's like the final battle thing, and all of her friends need help, and she just like is like, wait, I have a bunch of new things that I invented, and there's this slow motion montage of her beating the shit out of ghosts. And let me tell you, the moment I left that theater, I realized, wait, oh fuck. Ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, you gay? Oh shit. Isn't that how we all realized? We went, oh fuck. I, I no. <laughs> I mean, it was the first time. The second time was when I was at a Natasha Pierre in the Great Comet of eighteen twelve, which is a fantastic Broadway musical. And there was this violinist who had really pretty hair, who was like blonde, and I was like, oh my god, she's so cool. I wish she would walk on my section, because the way the show works is there's no traditional seats. It's like very weird and staggered, and I'd love to spend an episode talking about it, but... And like, I was like, wait, hold up. Yeah, so, sorry. Yeah. Okay. So that concludes our small So I'd like to circle back to Jill to talk about her yes. main two. It's Jill time. Yes, yes, yes. Jill time. Um, so my big two, the first one is Motor Crush. Um, it is illustrated by Babs Tarr, which it, she is one of my favorite uh, cartoonists. Um, I just love her style. It's like this, this like manga inspired, like very like high energy. Um, just wonderful, wonderful artist. Um, Motor Crush is this, it, it follows this high-octane life of Domino Swift, who is a motorcycle racer with a double life. During the day, she competes in the legal World Grand Prix. At night, she participates in violent gang races to get access to a banned substance called Crush, which enhances a bike's speed. Um, it is, like, a really interesting, um exploration of of all these different like aspects of being in um in the spotlight and also like it's like a just a really good mystery um I love I love me some mystery and uh Domino um I'm going to cut it off now for spoilers so if you don't want spoilers for Motor Crush um skip ahead um, so Domino finds out that she can actually drink Crush and survive. For most people, it explodes their whole body. Um, 
but she needs it to survive. She puts it in her inhaler, and uh, if she doesn't have it, then she, like, sort of, like, loses herself. Um, and uh, so um, her using Crush uh, becomes a big part of the plot because it's sort of uh, driven as, like, what she needs. And uh, it it what it's what drove her to broke up to break up with her love interest Lola. Um, Lola is a, a femme mechanic who uh, who when we join the story she is Domino's ex, and uh, she also owns this bar that she inherited from her aunt. Um, so. Lola is sort of like she's like a a big contrast to Domino because Domino is very like uh in the moment and like butch and high like high energy very like always going 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 whereas Lola just wants to calm down um so like with that contrast they have like a very rocky relationship but they love each other a lot um and like they're they have like uh, like, a series of, like, rekindlings, and then eventually, um, at the end of volume one of Motor Crush, Domino Swift, uh, dies. Uh, uh Oh? But she doesn't die. She comes back two years later. Very cool. She thinks that only minutes have passed, and it is two years later, and she sees this whole... (laughs) Domino effect. <laughs> Thank you for laughing at my funny joke. Um, <laughs> of course. She sees this whole domino effect of uh, what happened because she went missing. So Lola is dating a new girl. Um, her fa- uh, Domino's father went on to um, become an enforcer who is someone who uh, like catches people who are using Crush. Um, so, uh, it's, like, this, it's so interesting to see, like, this world shaken up, and I, I'm really, like, I, I, I really love Motor Crush so much, um, I can't wait for volume three. I don't actually buy comics and issues anymore, I just wait for volumes, so, uh, Motor Crush volume three, I think it's coming out this year, and I'm very excited. Very right. cool. Your next one is a uh, one that both me and Mitch have read as well. Yes. Yeah. Um, have you guys read volume two? Yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. Great. Uh, I was worried that I like spoiled you. Um, oh no, you're good. Next up is Snot Girl. Snot Girl. It is. I love Snot Girl. It is like an yeah. absolute favorite of mine. Um. It's one of, like, the first comics that I picked up and really fell in love with. Um, it is illustrated by Leslie Hung, and my god, I want to meet her so badly. Like, every fiber of my being, I want to meet Leslie Hung. Um, but, like, her art, it's just so beautiful, and it fits so well with the story of Snot Girl. Um... Because Snot Girl is, at its core, a story about anxiety. Um, Lottie Person is a social media influencer with terrible allergies. 
and the allergies are a very thinly veiled allegory for anxiety. Um, And as a social media influencer, she has a lot of that because she's constantly trying to be the person that she is in her photos. And she can't do that because nobody can. Nobody can be the person that they project online. Um, But it isn't like a phone's bad, technology is evil, fire fire is made by the witch kind of thing. Yeah, it's not a it's not a boomer thing. It's not boomer. <laughs> it's it's very much like about about both like the it, it's like about the downsides of being addicted to uh social media validation, I guess. Um yeah. but so uh so um the Lottie person who is the protagonist, um she meets Caroline, otherwise known as Cool Girl. And cool girl doesn't follow by anyone's rules. Um, she automatically grabs Lottie's attention because, um, like, Lottie is like, oh my god, a hot person. <laughs> um, and then Lottie, like, sort of gets, like, addicted to chasing cool girl or Caroline. Um, and uh, it doesn't really help that cool girl is shrouded in like this mystery and it it's always leading Lottie down the wrong path Lottie is never like led into a good place by um by cool girl or Caroline um but it's it's such an interesting story like it it's so like you know that something's up with Caroline cool girl um because there's there's this whole plot line of her, like, her entire facade of being cool is usually shaken by the fact that Lottie... Okay, spoilers here. Skip ahead if you don't want it. Yep. Um, Lottie sees Caroline die. And then Caroline comes back a week later just fine. Uh... I realize that, like, death and then coming back later is, like, a theme. It's, it's a theme for you. I, I, I just, I love sleeping, I guess. I, <laughs> I, I, I love I sleeping. I aspire to be able to sleep. I aspire to be able to sleep for, like, two years. Oh, God, that, That'd no, that great. is such a jinx. I just totally jinxed myself. I'm going to go into a coma. Um, oh, no. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> um... So, like, Caroline, Cool Girl, um, in Volume 2, uh, Lottie and Cool Girl, uh, kiss for the, uh, first time, um, and it's, like, it's after, um, Caroline drugs the tea that they had as, like, putting, like, shrooms in the tea, um, so... And this is a time where Lottie isn't on her allergy meds, which, remember, are basically just anxiety meds. Um, so it's, it's this moment of, like, did that really happen? Did, did I just hallucinate that? Because she was having these quote-unquote hallucinations the entire time. Um, like, she was seeing a ghost of a dead girl. And then she finds out that dead girl was real. And she also finds out that Caroline did kiss her. So it is like this this whole journey of her 
kind of understanding what is and isn't real in her life, which sort of lines up with the theme of, like, online life is not real, and it can never be reality. Um, like, Lottie is very focused on, uh, on, like, reality and making her reality into a perfect one. Um, and then also, like, uh, there are, like, side characters who are either gay or are implied to be bi, um, like, uh, so, uh, Lottie has, like, this stalker character, and, um, she turns out to be gay, um, which, like, you know, villain, not good, um, but also, like, the fact that there is already a bi protagonist, because Lottie is bi, um, I feel like it's not too bad, um, you know, if, if you have, if you have good representation in your book, and you, you're, you're legally allowed to have, um, (laughs) evil rep, um, but so, like, there's, there's so much that goes on in that book, in these books, um, volume three is also coming out this year, um, Uh, I believe volume three is out, no, 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 I have yet to buy it, because I'm poor, it's it's not out yet. Um, I believe it's releasing in October. Oh. I can check. Um, uh, I I'm looking at an April fifteenth published date. What? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's out because I went to go buy it today and then I realized I had no money. Uh. Oh my god. <laughs> it's out. Yeah, it looks to be out. Okay, well, okay. um, after this podcast, I'm going shopping. <laughs> <laughs> not physically, of course. Of course not. The Backstreet Boys reunion tour is not over it's, yet. It's still going on. Everybody wants to see those boys. Um, <laughs> they do. But those are my two. Those are my big two. And uh, I would recommend those to anyone. Um, so, Midge, I want to pass the torch on to you. Ah, uh, okay. So, my first one is Kipo and the Age of the Wonder Beasts, which I just watched last week. And it's on Netflix. It's one of DreamWorks' uh, various Netflix shows, like She-Ra. Um, I believe there's something else I don't exactly know the name of. And the dreaded Voltron Legendary Defender, which we will not talk about because I hate it. Um, so, yes. A sigh in response to Voltron. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> Uh, Kipo has an explicitly out gay character in Benson, one of the main uh, five characters. Uh, in episode six of season one, he ex- legitimately says, I'm gay, to Kipo, the main character. And it's accepted as normal, she mainly accepts him, and business just goes as usual. It's very nice, casual representation. And then in episode 10, Benson's love interest is introduced. His name is Troy. Um, and it's complete with a cheesy love song uh, in the background to their um, first introduction. It's really cute. Uh, throughout season two, Benson is doing his best whenever Troy is sort of like mentioned to impress Troy um, with the help of his friend and mute, which is the term for a talking and or sentient animal in the show, Dave. He's a bug who can essentially go through his life cycle it's very cool. I, I love the I love the thought process of this kid trying to impress this other kid with his bug. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Check out my bug. 
No, 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 no. What I mean is, like, um, the bug is essentially helping him be, like, um, like, uh, one instance, uh, they meet Troy's dad, and, uh, Dave is essentially hyping up Benson to Troy's dad. So, sort of, like, along those lines. Yo, um, I... So, for now, so... Yo, my yeah. bug was gassing me up. <laughs> that sounds like every gay person, where it's like, my bug. <laughs> oh, so, Yeah. <laughs> So, simply for now, they're love interests, which is completely understandable, as they're both only teenagers, and they literally live in the apocalypse. Other than Kipo's excellent queer representation, it also has an almost entirely person-of-color cast, with actual uh, people-of-color voice actors attached, such as Karen Fukuhara, known for playing Glimmer in the She-Ra reboot. She plays main character Kipo. Uh, Just as as an example, Kipo is half-Asian, half-black, Sterling K. Brown plays her dad. <laughs> Which is, I heard Sterling K. Brown when I was watching, I was like, that's Sterling K. Brown! Excellent. I was spooked. Pretty much every person of color in this, um, person of color, character of color, is played by a person of color voice actor, which is amazing. That's wonderful. <sighs> so that's Kipo. It's on season two. It's, uh, second season just came out on June 2nd. I highly recommend Kipo. So, my next one is Stars Align, also no, uh, the Japanese name is Hoshiai no Sora. It's one of my family, favorite animes to come out of the fall 2019 season. It's an anime revolving around a middle school soft tennis team. So, um, episode 8 of Stars Align, it starts out, um, what the main plot of the episode is, that the team is going to spy on an opposing team they're going to face in the upcoming tournament. And since the school that they're going to doesn't allow visitors or, like, watchers to the, um, the team, they have to disguise themselves as, uh, fangirls of the team. <laughs> who, like, what I mean is they have to disguise themselves. <laughs> it's great. So, the main character, Maki, and one of the other characters, Yu, uh, disguise themselves as girls. And during this process of disguising themselves, Yu reveals to Maki that they identify as neither male or female that they are non-binary, um, that, uh, they're questioning their gender. So Maki tells you about his mom's friend, Sho, who's a trans man, uh, who's been more of a father to Maki, uh, to Maki than his own father, which is a whole can of worms that I will not spoil. It's a great show. Um, and Maki completely upset, um, um, accepts you, and there's even a point earlier in the show where the other, uh, one of the other main characters, uh, Tomo, I don't remember his name exactly, Tomo or Tomole, um, pretty much, uh, says to you, oh, you have a question on Maki, and he, like, he doesn't make fun of him for it, but, uh, you was, um, being, uh, well, yeah, bullied for sort of acting less than cis het in the beginning of the show. Um, so, sadly, uh, uh, Stars Align is only 12 episodes, and it's on a big old cliffhanger, because... Originally, the show was going to be 24 episodes, and then the studio cut it in half. Oh. But there's going to be a movie, so that's great. But legitimately, go watch it. It's currently in dub and sub. If you want to hear uh, Justin Briner, voice actor of Midori Izuku from My Hero Academia, just be absolutely not Midoriya, then I would watch it. <laughs> it's great. It's a really, it's, it's, the anime covers a lot of problems that normal teenagers have with family drama. Well, it's not really more going into, like, um, puberty boards, more like family drama. It's a, it's like, um, there are, you should, if you have problems with familial abuse, 
I will extremely warn you to be careful with the show because um, there are a lot of mentions of it, uh, both physical, mental, and emotional abuse uh, between parents and children. So if that is a trigger to you, I would um, make sure that you are completely comfortable with the show. Um, I'm not sure if there's a list of triggers online, but I um, would look for that if uh, you find that you aren't completely comfortable with those subjects. But other than that, Stars Align is probably is really great, and I love it a lot. And when I found out about uh, you, I got really excited because I've never seen... Um, I mean, I've seen a non-binary character in a show, um, for instance, Shep from Steven Universe, but that was super recent. But I've never seen really, like, and I guess we should also consider the gems since they are genderless beings. But, uh, like, um, a character who is non-binary and I just got really excited. I had to pause. I paused the episode when I watched it and I was really close to crying because I got super excited that someone like me was on the screen and I was watching them. That's super cute. You know, um, Uh, Sailor Uranus is also... I know, I know, I know. I found out, and I was like, no one told me Sailor Uranus is non-binary. In the, in the, I was like, no. In the original 90s anime, even in the sub, I don't think that they touched on it, but um, in the manga and in Crystal, uh, they explicitly said it, even though in the 90s there was no term for it, so they were just like, not a boy, not a girl. You know, uh, somewhere. (laughs) Some, something? I just. Question mark? Haruka's doing her, uh, their best. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that those are my two big things, pretty much. Okay, uh, I, I believe Six. Carly touched Six. on her big yeah. three. Yeah. So, I want to do my big two. Which was... So the first one is Laura Dean keeps breaking up with me, which was recommended by Jill to me. Ooh. And I had to get it. Uh, it has a strong focus on just being a normal teen and doing normal teen relationship things. This has nothing to do with, like, being oppressed or, like, coming out of the closet. As, like, the main character, Freddy, is already comfortably out, her parents know, and it's treated as something that's normal. Uh, in fact, it shows very real relationship of a toxic relationship, and it does nothing to portray these queer characters as otherly, but as just someone who's navigating through a rough relationship. Being queer does not define who these characters are. They're shown to be normal people going through the same normal struggles as most teenagers do. Like, going to school, having friendship issues, balancing relationship and friendship. It's great. And I really like this quote from ComicBeats.com. Uh, Freddie's story is never about whether or not she will define herself as queer. Instead, she's forced to determine whether or not she'll define herself as Laura Dean's girlfriend. Because the whole plot has to do with her and Laura Dean's very rocky relationship since Laura Dean constantly is cheating on her. And she often finds herself more than not running back to Laura Dean, which I thought was just really interesting. And I liked this very real relation like this very real representation of a toxic relationship. And it's so good. It's so good. I I highly recommended it. I I pretty much finished it in about a day. It's, it's great. Um, my second one, this is not popular opinion. I will probably get backlash. Some people will argue that 
Ruby does not have great queer representation, but I'm heavily biased. This show is very important to me and yep. figuring out who I am as a queer person. It, so the main queer relationship is really focusing on Yang and Blake, from who are two titular characters. And it's a relationship that's been naturally growing since season one, right off the bat when they first meet. There's, like, you could tell that there's something that's more than a friendship between that's going on between them. And each of their character arcs is really about growing past one's boundaries and growing past their expectations for themselves. But the climax of their relationship really starts with a uh, spoiler alert for anything really past season three of Ruby, so if not, skip ahead. Uh, Yang gets her arm cut off by Blake's psychotic, abusive ex-boyfriend, who he's insistent on ruining Blake's life and like killing everyone who she cares about. So after the fall of Beacon, Blake abandons Team Ruby in their fear for their safety because she's afraid that if she stays, um, her ex-lover Adam is going to come and kill them. So Yang's abandonment issues and her clear care for Blake really flares up. She's upset for she's upset that someone who she really cared about um, and trusted had abandoned her in her time of need. You know, she got her arm cut off, which her whole fighting style was based around punches and using her arms. So now she has to go through the whole trauma of not only losing her school and her friends, but losing something as physical as an arm. Blake is constantly reminded by her friend's son that Yang actually cared for her and she wouldn't be upset that she left, even though it is shown that Yang is upset, but she never, like, outwardly, you know, confronts Blake more so. It's very subtle. And once the two reunite, they actually, you know, talk about how they feel. And they build back up their relationship. And I thought it was really nice when they shish-kebobbed Adam. Yeah, they shished about the fuck out of Adam. It was so satisfying. It was so satisfying to see such a piece of shit character get killed by two people who, like, so genuinely care for each other. Oh, it's, yeah. And do not like him. And Adam had said Adam to Yang, he's like, well, she's gonna abandon... He's the weird sword boy. What? The one with the mask. The one with the mask, yeah. Like, the one that the one that's on the other team? Yeah, uh, wait... I'm not sure. No, no, no. She's talking right about Jean. She's talking about Jean? Oh, not Jean. Yeah, no, I hated him when I watched. He's a sweet I'm boy. I was really hoping that he was being shish kebabbed. <laughs> no, it's another character. Hold on. I'll send you. Uh, well, send the picture of Adam in the Discord chat. Everyone, but, if you want to simulate uh, this Discord chat, please look up this photo of Adam. <laughs> um. <laughs> um. It's, um, it's him. He's, like, standing weird. I don't know how to explain it, but here's Adam. I hate him. Oh, wow. Jill. Um, yeah, that's Adam. Um, that sure is a character. That's Adam. He, he, he reminds me of, honestly, someone that me and Sam know in real life. Oh, no! I know exactly who you're talking- Jill knows him, too! Oh, no. Honestly, honestly, we will not mention names as we are not looking to call people out on this show. No names, no names. Not gonna say 
anything. Anything. I cannot speak. Okay. Um. <laughs> Back to Ruby. But Adam mentions to Yang in their final fight that, you know, Blake is just going to abandon her like he, like she abandoned him. Because he has, like, this yes. whole vendetta because she left him. Boo-hoo. Boo-hoo straight man. <laughs> Boo-hoo <laughs> straight man. And so after they kill him, Blake collapses in tears and she says, I'm not gonna leave you. And like, oh, I'm waiting for the uh, bumblebee kiss, Rooster Teeth. <laughs> Rooster Teeth, where the fuck is where it? Where the fuck is it? I'm tired of these subtle handholds. Come on, man. Give me the kissy. The kiss? Season Follymate kissing time. Please. We got we got the Renora kiss. Give us the gaze. I I pray that I get this fucking bumblebee kiss after eight seasons of build up. Uh, please, that would be amazing. But I do I I do adore slow burns. But give me. Oh yeah. Please, it's been eight volumes. Give kiss. I I give you the kissa. You give give me the kiss. I give you the kissy. <laughs> Okay. Um, so that's it for our that's it? fun queer times. Yep. Uh, sadly, Carly had to exit out of the Discord. Uh, she had a bit of trouble with her audio, but she is with us in spirit. Unfortunately. sexual spirit. Unfortunately, she has died. A- F in the chat for Carly. <laughs> F in the chat for Carly. Just say F out loud when you're listening to this. <laughs> Please. And, uh, it, this is... This is not like Brian David Gilbert's pokey rap, you are allowed to do audience participation. <laughs> so, um, it's, that's that's it for that's, our fun queer episode the, pride of Pride Month. Month. So we hope you had a great Pride, we know, with the Backstreet Boys world tour. Reunion tour. Yeah. There's, pride has been a little dampened. <sighs> but, but, remember that Pride is a riot, and well, you might, if you're able to, you should go join the protests that are still going on around the country for Black Lives Matter. Because, well, without black, without people of color, Pride Month wouldn't be a fucking thing. <laughs> it's also very important so. that you uh, try to donate to black trans women at this time. Because um, yep. not only with uh, um, the president's repeal of... Uh, of um, protections for uh transgender medical patients during this uh during quarantine there goes my protections um (laughs) you know black trans women who are already like medically oppressed because doctors don't don't take women as seriously and don't take black people as seriously um the fact that they can be turned away is really really scary so it is a great time to if you have any money to put it towards black trans women and if you don't you know sign petitions get involved do what you think that you can yeah (laughs) so once again this is our season finale of this podcast is in your mind because we're well, kind of serious finale? <laughs> kind of serious. We're rebranding. We're rebranding. So, so next time you hear from us, we'll be... Uh, we will be fandom fair. Well, I... Fandom fair? Same, same gist. Is, we're just rebranding a little same bit. Uh, same us. 
different logos, different things. So, um... Just us. When this episode goes up, tip them the TPIIYM Twitter and Instagram will still probably be up. Most likely. And then when we put out our next episode, which will probably be up in two weeks instead of next week... We're gonna, yep, we need we're gonna do a little bit. We're gonna try to do a bi-weekly schedule instead of a weekly one. We just want to get this one one out before Pride Month ended. Yep. So you should follow us right now. Do it on do it. Uh, TPIIYM on Instagram and Twitter. That's where we update uh, how our shows are going and what we're filming. And uh, when uh, shows and when go shows up. go up. So and if you want to be in the know. And where they go up. So, yep. we, we should do our infamous outro. Oh, of course. Uh, I would also appreciate if uh, listeners, dear, dear listeners, could um, follow my Instagram. Uh, oh, yes, please follow Jill. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> at Jillian Road. It is J-I-L-L-I-A-N-R-O-E-D. Uh, and I post all of my art there. And you should see the new um, logo for... Uh, this podcast that you are listening to on my Instagram. Yeah, Jillian yep. is absolutely wonderful artist. She did our current logo for the show. She's doing our next logo because yep. I fucking love her. We love Jill in this, this house. This is Jillian, respecter of women. We respect her. I'm gonna. Yep. I'm gonna cry. Want- <laughs> oh no. Okay, one more thing before we end. I'm gonna shout out uh, our editor Carly's radio show, History Line, because uh, we um, it's I. Let me check really quick. It is Friday at one p.m. Eastern Standard Time on on ninety point three WMC Montclair. We haven't said that in months. Ninety point (laughs) three WMC Upper Montclair. Shout out to them. Yeah, uh, we're not currently on the Brady right now, but Carly is. So if you want to go check out Carly's show, you really should. Um, and you can also check it out on iHeartRadio and WMSCRadio.com. Um, so, yeah. So, I believe that's it. Brush your teeth. <laughs> uh, sh- clean your sheets. And take a shower. You're a little stinky. Please take a, Please take a shower. Take care of yourself, everyone. Drink some water. Get some food. And have a wonderful rest of your Pride Month. We love you. Adios.